0: And welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio, everyone. Here, as always, is Jack Smith. I'm Jim. Kyle is sick tonight, hoping it's not the coronavirus. Uh, (laughs) Over here, he's got 102 fever, and he's saying, oh, what should I do? Dude, you should go to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so Kyle's not here tonight. It's just me and Jack. We do have a special guest from NBC Sports Philadelphia, Brooke Destra, joining us tonight. Brooke, how are you?
1: Hello, hello. Happy to be here, you guys.
0: Thanks for coming on. We want to wish you happy belated National Women's Day. That was yesterday.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Did you do anything special yesterday?
1: Um, I was off, so <laughs> <There you go. laughs> just enjoyed, um, you know, a nice Sunday before kicking off the week.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty good week to kick off. The Flyers have a tough matchup tomorrow night. Uh, at home against Boston, and then they go on the road to Tampa Bay this week. So, pretty important week coming up. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter uh, about bandwagon fans and whatnot. You know, you know, I, for, whatever, for whatever reason, and your article kind of talked about it a little bit, but there are some fans who don't necessarily want other fans jumping on the bandwagon right now, and I don't really understand that. Your article was kind of—it was cool because— It was kind of filling guys in on what's happening now, if you want to be a fan. And why don't you talk about the article a little bit?
1: Sure, sure. So basically, like you were saying, I saw a lot of different takes online, basically along the lines of, if you weren't a diehard, if you weren't here through all of the trials and tribulations, the mediocre seasons, you know, you're not welcome back. And that kind of raised a bunch of question marks for me because obviously the fans who have stuck around are excited now they have a fun hockey team to watch but I was confused because wouldn't you want more attention more media going toward your team after all of these years so I wanted to take things along a different approach and a different angle with things and just be like you know what this is for the bandwagoners welcome aboard you guys if you've If you were a returning fan after all of these years, if you're, like, fresh to the Flyers world, welcome. And here's all you need to know. And I kind of weighed things. I was like, maybe I can write something along the line of how I understand the fans that are, you know, a little ticked off as opposed to um, the other way around. And then I scrapped that idea. I was like, you know what? I'm writing a letter. Welcome aboard. Read it if you want to. If not, eh. Mm -hmm. Good
0: luck. I mean, uh, that's how I kind of took it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm reading it and I'm expecting it to be, um, you know, everyone's welcome aboard. But then, you know, I got down the the article a little bit more and it's like 10 things you need to know. And I'm like, whoa, this is a pretty cool idea, you know. And uh, I think number two on the list was you have to love Gritty, right?
1: Uh, Yes. As approved by president of the Gritty Committee, which is me. So... (laughs) You're not allowed on the bandwagon, which Gritty announced on Twitter that he isn't shotgun. So if you don't like Gritty, then you're not allowed on board. So follow rule number two and you'll be good.
0: Yeah. Pretty. I don't know how you can't really like Gritty. I mean, I remember at first when Gritty was first announced, everyone was like, what the hell is this thing? And then when it first came out, that, you know, other fans of other cities were making fun of him. It's like, wait a second.
1: Mm-hmm. Not our
0: mascot, buddy.
1: It's like we can make fun of you can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like your little brother, right? Like you're the only one that's allowed to beat him up, but nobody else can. Yeah, Probably if it, you're yeah, listening you, you, the Sorry. penguin's
2: mascot said something like, or the you know, just lol okay, like to the reveal of Gritty. And Gritty replied, like, sleep with one eye open, bird. I was like, All right, gritty's pretty cool. <laughs> that
1: was the moment where I was like, I love him. I love it. I love gritty. It's, he, it's been history ever since.
0: <laughs> do you think he's passed the Fanatic in terms of popularity?
1: Um, I think it's, they're on different levels right now. I mean, I'm sure the lawsuit with the Fanatic is kind of <laughs> going back and forth right now with uh, terms of gritty favoritism. But the Fanatic's one of the most, like, across all four major sports, is the, one of the most beloved yeah. mascots so but gritty is the definition of an overnight sensation sure. so i have to be a little biased and love gritty the most I think but I really it's, a, it's an interesting question
0: fanatic's more like wholesome family fun type thing like yeah he might steal your popcorn and you know rub his belly in your face but britty will call you a dick you know
2: he'll beat you up well uh, the fanatic used to be like that in the late 80s he, and I- he used to be pretty rough and the guy retired <laughs> oh, yeah. and it became a little bit more family friendly. So <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong, I love gritty too. I mean, hockey's my sport, so I'm going gritty, but fanatics, he's just like timeless. But Brooks, right. With everything going on with that lawsuit and how they changed what he looked like. I mean, the, the timing, it's like Gritty's just gonna keep gaining ground. And, and it's not even fanatics' fault. It's you know, Philly's being cheap, but here's what it is. <laughs>
0: Um, let's read down your list real quick, uh, real quick here, Brooke, because I think you have some good things here. Um, sure. number one was res- respect. thy captain Claude Giroux. You want to talk about your first one there? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. We know yeah. as flyers, it's all about Claude Giroux, but
1: I, I actually, I wrote something a few weeks back as well. And it was like, you know, it's time to start appreciating the captain for what he is. And it, it happened I think it was right after he got his 800th NHL point, I had people in my mentions on Twitter saying, you know, Drew's not elite. He's wasted our time in Philadelphia over this past decade. And for the most part, I ignore it because I'm like, you know what? It's it, Nothing makes sense when these people are tweeting me these things. But... I decided to turn things around. I was like, you know what? I'm going to show you how you're wrong and wrote something along the lines of that. And it's just, if you don't understand everything that Drew has done within this past decade, within his time in this organization, it's just, you've been a casual fan because he's carried this team on his back for the better half of a decade. And the fact that he does not have to be doing that right now is a good thing. It's a good thing for the Flyers. It's a good thing for him moving down the stretch. There's a lot of balance on the team right now, but by no means does that mean Drew's slacking, because if the team overall is, he steps right back up. So, respect thy captain. First and foremost, most important rule, if you're hopping on the bandwagon, respect the captain.
2: I like that a lot because one thing that you said, people tell you uh, he's wasted our time. It's so funny because I feel like the organization has wasted his time here by not building an actual contender around him for the most part. And like it's been him and, you know, for the most part, Vorchek carrying this team. And it's like you see what happens when you actually get the guy help. And a lot of the casual fans, I won't say that they're bandwagoners, but they're the guys that hockey's maybe not their favorite sport. The second they're done with the Flyers, it's like, oh, it's either take the C off Giroux or they should have traded him. And it's like I just roll my eyes every time. So I'm definitely yep. on board with that point.
0: And number two you had obviously was to support Gritty. Number three, mm-hmm. Carter Hart is the future. Let him grow and root for him along the way. Amen. Goalie's equal good.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, that was more along the lines of, you know, just in case down the stretch, because, you know, he is still a kid. Mm -hmm. And I think it's funny when I reference him as a kid, because I'm literally 22. I think that's, it makes me laugh. But (laughs) I just, I think about the fact that, you know, there are still going to be some growing pains. We haven't seen Carter Hart in the playoffs. How is Elaine Vigneault going to balance the goal? It's a good issue to have with Carter Hart and Brian Elliott. But if Hart does have a few issues down the road and just, you know, a few slip ups, you know, maybe letting in four or five goals one game. Let him grow. Mm-hmm. Don't turn against him because I don't think, again, kind of leaning back to the bandwagoners, the what it was really catered to, we've had an interesting case of Goal tending again for this past decade since the last time the Flyers really made a legitimate Cup run, they haven't had solid goal tending. So I think now that they're paying attention, if there's any issues or like a slow game to any regard, I don't want people turning on him for one poor performance. So that had to get out of the way, super on the top of the list as well.
0: That's so Philly too. Is just to crap right all over the goalie, right? If something goes wrong. <laughs> Like this is I mean, if this if this kid has a bad game, he's not the kid, he's not the guy you want to crap on, you know? He's like if he has an off night, he'll he'll definitely bounce back the next one. Whereas in the right. past, it's like, you know, uh, somebody mentioned Steve Mason to me the other day. Uh, I mentioned whens the, whens the last time the Flyers had a goalie that could legit steal them a game. like like in my opinion, he did against Buffalo. And yep, somebody mentioned Steve Mason and maybe so, but the only thing, that I think about when I hear Steve Mason, is the that center ice goal that he allowed against Washington a couple of years back mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and and like that's just not a name that comes to mind for me when I think of you know Flyers goalie that I can actually stick up for, but I think in Carter Hart, you know it's like you can't say anything bad about him like you can't because he's the f- he's he's the present and he's the future, and if this team's going to win a Stanley Cup, he's going to have a large part to do with that, and and I think you know. I don't even want to call them bandwagon fans, but fans from the outside looking in who are maybe hopping on now, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know who Carter Hart is and how we've been waiting for him to come up since he's been drafted, you know?
2: Yeah, um, I've, Jimmy, I've uh, heard people say to me, like, is it even possible for a goalie to be good in Philly? I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, really? Like, I get it, but come on. Like, that's like saying, like, Uh, The Browns will make the playoffs one year. It's going to happen. Like, let's not be (laughs) silly here. Once in a blue moon. Yeah, Yeah. come on. Broken clock, blind squirrel, eventually, right? (laughs) And, you know, some people are just haters. They are so haters. He's 21 years old, and he has a decent game, and they're just killing him for, like, a really bad rebound, which he is prone to do. Like, he's a kid. Jimmy, you said he's he's the present and the future. I think the fact that he's... Also, the present because we know he's the future, it's just a bonus at this point because he's so young and people still want to hate. It's just like, come on, give it a rest, man.
1: And he's only going to get better, which is this like such an exciting time in Philly. You know, he's only going to improve. This is just the beginning of his career, his hopefully long and healthy career as a goaltender in Philadelphia. Every season, he's going to get better, and I just know that people are thrilled to watch that happen.
0: This is going to sound weird, but Carter Hart is the only person—actually, let me say it like this—only man on this planet that gives me goosebumps. Because when <laughs> I think, <laughs> when I think about Carter Hart and how good he is and how good he is going to be, it's like holy shit! How can this team not win a Stanley Cup? How can they not? Like it is coming. Like Carter Hart is here. And he's like you said, Brooke, he's only gonna get better. So when when I see him in gold doing his little, you know, jump around and his water bottle thing, I'm like, we're gonna win a Stanley Cup one day, baby. And it's gonna be soon.
1: And you just I think a huge thing to his, his early success as well is his mentality and his approach to the game, because not many twenty-one year olds have that kind of mentality. You're a professional athlete. Other people I'm going to say our age because it's kind of the sense. They they go out and they party, you know, two, three times a week. You know, they go out, they enjoy themselves. I've never seen a player so laser-focused at a young age, especially in net, because they always say year after year, it takes time, more time for goaltenders to develop. And that really wasn't the case. Obviously, there was an emergency Last year, we were running out of goaltenders. They were basically flying out the Wells Fargo Center for (laughs) God knows what. I'm so happy that that's not the case anymore. But it gave us the opportunity and a sneak peek of what this season was going to be. So his mentality is just well beyond his years. And that's a huge benefit for us.
2: And that Absolutely. mentality is why he's going to get better and why he's going to get better faster, like how he visualizes the game, like sit, he's like in the stands, like just with his hands up, like visualizing the puck coming in. Like, I feel like most guys that age are just like, especially if you just turn 21, you know, they're just doing their own thing. But you're like you said, he is incredibly focused. And you can see it even this season, he had a couple of rough patches and now he's like coming into his own at like the perfect time as the team's rolling. And like Jimmy, you said, I mean, him and definitely him, like 90% him, (laughs) and like the other ten percent Drew stole that game of Buffalo for sure.
0: Yeah. Yep. So number three, Carter Hart, bandwagoners. If you're listening, actually I, I don't even really like the term bandwagoners. How about welcome back, old new or new Flyers fans, Carter Hart. Don't say anything negative about him. Just love him. <laughs> That's really long.
2: <laughs> anyway, just yeah. a lot shorter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number four on the list: we have understand the rivals. See a penguin, boo a penguin. Even if you're at the aquarium, boo a penguin. Pretty self-explanatory.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one still has me cracking up. I had a lot of my a lot of my friends, and I'm not taking this lightly, just about every single one of my friends does not watch hockey. So this article got shared pretty frequently, especially on Facebook. And I had a few of my friends, you know, screenshotting the the 10 commandments, shall you say, of Flyers hockey and sending it to me. And they were like, four has me cracking up. And I was like, you guys would laugh a little bit more if you understood the importance of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, number four has been making, I think, some of the most noise.
0: Jack, <laughs> can you talk on on the penguin. Go ahead.
2: Uh, I mean, the Penguins are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I I I cannot stand the Penguins. I think they invented tanking back in the '80s. I think that the league, they're the league's baby, and they get babied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it, yeah, they're a good team, but they didn't do anything special except for suck for an incredibly long amount of time. And I could go on forever, but when it goes, a lot of people ask, who's the Flyers' biggest rival? And a lot of these people go back, oh, maybe it's the Rangers, maybe it's it's the Penguins, like, without a doubt. Like, mm-hmm. th- they just play completely opposite how we play, and they were handed everything. We've worked for what we got, and it's their windows closing. Ours is opening. And you know what? Even when they're terrible and we're good and vice versa, the rival rivalry will always be there. You know, it, it, it's it's the biggest one, and you have to the, the number one thing. If a f- player comes from another team to the Flyers, it's like, yeah, you got. We want you to be good. We want you to play your position. You, you come to you come play the Penguins. You show up against the Penguins, which is one of my biggest knocks against Hackstall. Like he just they always got blown out, and that made me want to put holes in my wall. Like, come on, <laughs> this is the Penguins, man. You do not. I don't care how bad of a season you're having. When the Penguins come to town, or you go there, you show up. Like, you, this is – it's one of the biggest rivalries in sports to me. Uh, and that may be a little bit of a stress, but for me, it's everything. I I, Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, yeah, for for James, us, it I'll is. be honest with you. You had Justin Miner on, and – it was so hard to talk to him. I was—I I mean, I really didn't know what to say. Like, I, I really just wanted to be like, "So what do you think here?" And you just start cursing or something. Like, I just couldn't do it. And he's such a nice guy. I'm glad I kind of kept to myself. But that's how that's how I feel. I like, get fired up. I feel that fire in my belly. Anything penguins related just sets me off.
0: So the penguins are having a good year. Shut up.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like—he's like, "Well, I think they're gonna do this and do that." I'm like, "I don't give a shit." Yeah. Well, I hope they don't. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of the Penguins, going through a little bit of a rough patch.
1: It's quite enjoyable to watch. I'm not going to lie.
2: Listen, I wanted to bring this up. L.A., the Devils, Detroit. They're playing some, even San Jose. Some serious spoilers going on right here. Look at the Rangers making a push. Zabitajad, uh, Z- five goals against Washington, willing them to a win. They go lose to the Devils after that. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on! Like, and they're not alone. Tampa lost to Detroit. Pittsburgh's been losing to everybody. I think are the Capitals still or not the Capitals. Are the Sabers still up on the Capitals? Last I checked, it was one nothing. Oh, they're they love- two nothing. Like, oh, wow. See what I mean? Teams are playing. I mean, I guess you could say the Sabres are kind of in it. Not really. It's a false, you know. It's all falling into place, baby. They're I don't want to say that spoilers, I man. This, but... If the Kings beat the Avalanche tonight, it really wouldn't surprise me all that much. It's like, it's like those teams that know they're out of it and they trade away players. It's like the pressure's just off. And suddenly they can play their game. They can play a little bit better. They're still not yeah, like they're a they're checking out a little bit. Yeah, and they're, they're. <laughs> They're they're stealing some games and it's luckily for us we haven't knock on wood slipped yet but it's really really helping us in the standings. Hey, you know what you could argue
0: the Flyers slipped on what was it Saturday night they played.
2: Yeah, this is, I don't think they deserve to win that game. It it was, I feel like they were outplayed like the almost the I, entire game.
1: I think that that was probably the worst game that they've played in maybe a month and a half stretch. Mm-hmm. It's and definitely still. The- they still found a way to win which yeah, is that's why this team say. is different
2: it's the 100%. definitely the worst game they've ever they played this season that they won yes <laughs> yeah and it's like sometimes things are just going right when you're when you're rolling like that i mean this that was a trap game it really was and it, it played out that way but hart shut the door the
1: definition of a trap but that's again, heart- is able to steal these games to give this team any type of momentum like okay he's giving us a chance out there every period let's go out there and score some friggin' goals I love it. and that's what they were able to do especially Drew that's what I was kind of leaning toward in the earlier in our conversation it's just the team wasn't showing up so Giroud did he said you know what it's time to put this team on my back for a little bit, and luckily we got a little bit of an insurance goal with Farabee toward the end. But it's hey,
2: really when things are going your way, you up. get bounces like that. Yeah, Carter yep. Hart or Carter Hart, Carter Hutton gives you an assist, you know. But um, <laughs> Brooke, did your article come out before or after the Buffalo game?
1: Um, it came out the day before they played Washington. Oh no, it came out wow. the day they played Washington.
2: Well, that's so perfect, last Tuesday
1: everything or last Wednesday just Wednesday said hockey.
2: well there's another rivalry we don't talk about enough is washington because even when we've been pretty rough we we always say we'd rather play them in the playoffs so i, sure. I shit all over pitt but you got to keep an eye on washington as well they're pretty up there and we always play them well so everything you said in your article we just we won back-to-back division games rivalry games technically and then the Giroux and carter hart thing shine on saturday so like everything you're saying in your in your article, we just saw in like the last three games.
1: Yeah, li- I've been getting a little freaked out by myself. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I've been predicting a lot of stuff with the Flyers like on Twitter, like minutes before things happen. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Like looking back to the Capitals game, first intermission, Flyers down one nothing. I was like, you know what? They need to come out and score three unanswered on Holby. What the hell did they do? <laughs> That's that they scored three unanswered on, on Holby, and like there was a few oh. other things along the lines. And in addition to writing that, I was like, <laughs> "People are like Brooke, what are you not telling us?" <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't psychic. know. What, I don't know what's been going on. So it could be
0: a new gig for you, flyer psychic. Might <laughs> <that'd> be tough <laughs> to whenever, keep going, but for the, the Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Hey, if
0: they win the Stanley Cup, I'm sure you'd be you have, have no problem making
2: money off that one. I'm going to make money off of her when she tells me and I start betting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was getting freaky at at one point. Um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I I think I literally said, was it, mm, I guess it was against Carolina. I was like, all right, listen, we need some insurance goals. It was right after Carolina scored and then they scored both goals within maybe the minute and a half span. And I was like, what? that like <laughs> I was just scaring myself. So <laughs> I don't know. maybe that's a an odd career that I have in the future.
2: Possibly is- That was crazy though. I mean the Flyers of old, they take a two nothing lead which is also known as the worst lead in hockey. They get scored on they blow that lead. This team this year, not only did they get the lead back the two they kept they scored two more they, they just mm-hmm. put them away. They never used to do that. It's a different it's just, they team, never, man.
1: They never settled. It was never any type of turtling. And I think that that's a huge thing. They never fell back on their skates, waiting for time, killing time. It's just not the case anymore. And it's so exciting. Like I can't remember. I genuinely think the last time I had this fun watching hockey was when I didn't even understand it as much as I do. It was so <laughs> long ago. So you could just watch so, the
0: games and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. So it's just, it's so much fun and it's a joy to watch this team. And you can tell that every game they're going out there and they're trying their best. They're having fun in the locker room, but they still know when to get their act together, when to turn things around, when to shake things up a bit. It's just all the cylinders are going right now. It's so exciting.
2: Yeah. I just hope they
0: can keep it going. For sure, dude. And, And that's something I wanted to bring up real quick here because... I saw, I can't remember who it was. I'm not, the meaning of this is not to put anybody on the spot, but I've been seeing things about, you know, peaking too early and whatnot. Um, For myself, I I don't see, when I hear a team's peaking, that tells me that whoever's saying that doesn't believe that they can sustain success. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. I may, you know, I joke around about that and whatnot, but I don't think that they're going to, you know, finish the season 15-0 and 0 here, whatever they're on, and then, you know, go undefeated in the playoffs. So when I hear they're peaking too early, I'm like, what do you mean they're peaking too early? This team can lose a couple more games by the end of the season and then compete in the playoffs. There's, They haven't shown me anything that says, you know, they're going to be a, a streaky team from here on out. What do you think about that, Brooke?
1: Well, I was actually, back when I was on uh, our Flyers Talk podcast with NBC earlier uh, last week. I was talking to a good friend, Jordan Hall, about, you know, the chemistry and are they peaking? Are they just on a hot streak? And if you kind of look back at this entire season, especially in the new year, there hasn't really been any significant stretches where you've thought, okay, they're slipping aside from a kind of shaky October kicking off the season and that. West Coast road trip from hell every single year. This has been a pretty consistent team, but not even just along the lines of, all right, they're winning, they're winning, they're throwing a couple games, they're progressively getting better. And this past nine-game winning streak, as aside from Buffalo's game, you've really seen everything clicking. The chemistry is building. And I think a big concern was, you know now that James Van Riemsdyk is out how is Joel Farabee going to step up and get right into the lineup and help them pick up where they left off and i just think that it's next man up mentality they have a drive to win and they're only getting stronger so that's not peaking to me if anything it's been building this new system this new coach this new these new faces on the ice it's building and building and finally it's all clicking it's all connecting at the perfect time
2: jack yeah, your Tim, thoughts. you brought that up before you you had said the west coast trip and the, when they had found out the news about Limbom, were really they're only uh losing streaks if you would and we last week when we had Martitus and dan silver on they kind of said something similar about the you know vigno finding the right combinations the team buying in you know and then you got Carter Hart's back from injury and he's playing his game. Even Elliott, I mean, he's he played for you against the Caps. Like that shouldn't be under, underrated here. Like you put your starter, your backup goalie,
1: well, yeah, when you're slugging
2: road. it out, what you're trying to overtake this team, and you start your backup against their starters and you win that game five to two away. Like what? What team is this? Like that's insane. You got to bring it back to the Legion of Doom for me to feel less confident <laughs> in the team. Like like that's crazy. And I. That's where it's. I understand people who are like, is this just, are they peaking or are they actually good? And when you see that in out of the nine games and eight of them, they were the dominant team against other very good teams, that tells me this is who they are and that they're not peaking.
0: Both great points there. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, it it does feel like they've been building all year. And then in the same breath, Jack, you brought up the two losing streaks there, the two West Coast trips. I mean, the the one, I, I always call it the Lindblom trip, right? Because they found out that news right as they're on their way out. Uh, I think it was Colorado and Minnesota. I think Winnipeg, too. They found out the news on the way out there. Like, how can you possibly play hockey games if they're learning something like that? And then the other losing streak was they went out west and, and got the doors blown off basically every night. Um, could have very easily folded. You know the last year's or uh, mentality of years past could have easily seeped back in, like okay maybe this isn't the team that we thought we had and whatnot. But no, this team completely rebounded and and every time they're faced with a little bit of adversity, not even a little bit because I, I don't want it to demean like losing a teammate to a potentially life-threatening illness. That's not a little thing. You know um, they've been tested numerous times this year and they've overcome every single test. And then. You know, we got to a stretch where, okay, they're winning two games, lose a game. Winning two games, lose a game. You know, a bunch of people out there saying, well, you know, this team really needs to put a couple wins together for me to get really on board. They've won, what are they at, eight in a row now, nine in a row? Nine
2: in a row. 9
0: They've won nine games in a row. Like, what else is there to doubt? What other questions do they need to answer for you for them to show you that they're legit? There is nothing else. You know what it is, Jimmy?
2: You know what it is? They got to win a playoff round that (laughs) that'll make people people buy in. Like they really will buy in. I know it's tough because you're like looking at this season by itself. But when you look at this team and the future, that's one of the biggest roadblocks for making people believe is having success in the playoffs. Cause even when they've been there, they pretty much got embarrassed, you know, it's great. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. (laughs) The past few times that they've gotten into the playoffs, they kind of just snuck in there. You know, there wasn't really a lot of hype to the end of the season. It was like, oh, okay, great, we get an extra week and a half of hockey, of Flyers hockey in April. Um, It wasn't really – no one really expected much out of the teams that were going. And you kind of look back to just two seasons ago and that first-round exit against the Pens, and you realize how – first of all, how did that Flyers team – make the postseason and second they did like there were just so many missing elements to that current roster and a few tweaks that needed to be made to give them this team and what's exciting now is yeah if they make it out of the first round of this postseason run that's going to be great it's going to get excited fans are going to be ready and willing to jump on come october next season but they're setting up for years oh, yeah. of solid play. And I think that's that alone, not even thinking about the postseason, is so exciting to me to think that you're going to have a quality team. The younger kids are getting all of this experience in combination with the veterans and the strong goaltending. It's just all there, and it's just going to keep growing and meshing. And I don't know. They're just setting themselves up for a really special run regardless of what it is people should get excited
2: right and, and, and it's like i i but when they made the playoffs before it, it almost felt like if you've ever been invited to a party from a friend and it's his friends you know and you don't really know anybody
1: <laughs> you're just so kind of standing there, there. like yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: that that's what it felt like when they made the playoffs in years past you're just like you know you show up maybe last to show first to leave kind of thing and uh <laughs> it definitely didn't help that when the games that did play, they were losing like seven to one. And I was just, and it went in, against Washington a few years ago. They went down like three Oh, like it was horrible. You know, this is the first time where it's like they belong. The entire league is on notice that they belong and they keep playing this way. They could win the, the best division in this year in hockey. And it's like, and I definitely agree with what you're saying for the future, no matter what happens, they're probably going to be even better next year. Everything's set up for them. It's, this is almost like house money they're playing with this year because we didn't expect – the playoff bubble was mostly associated with this team. So see what they're doing is like just just hop on for the ride. It's fantastic. But the way the team is built, in the past with Hackstall, if they did make the playoffs, anybody who did believe would say something like, well, if your goalie gets hot, anything can happen. You have to make the tournament to have a chance. And while that's true, nobody really actually believes. I want to be that team that's there every year like the Capitals, like Pitt – and you see the cups that those teams have. If you're a juggernaut team, which we should be building towards, you're you're not only should be looking to win one, you should be looking to win maybe a couple, and you should be, always be in the dance, and you should always be like Eastern Conference Finals, like or bust. You know what I mean? And that, that's what I could see with this team. And one thing we haven't talked about, Jim, um, you brought up how much you know in your article about Chuck Fletcher. But one of my favorite acquisitions from him is a himself. Now, come on. Does he win the Jack Adams this year? I mean, what do you think? I think he's a legit candidate. I, I, I mean, I, what
0: I wanted to look up was when's the last time a general manager and a coach both won, you know, the awards for their respective position in the same year. You know, that was something I wanted to look up. I never had the, I never, I just never did, but I think there's a strong case for both. I mean, Fletcher obviously picked a coach. So, I mean, I, I was originally going to write an article on Vigneault, but then I'm like, wait a second. Somebody picked this guy. Somebody hired this guy to come in first. <laughs> like, it, Vigneault wasn't here the whole I time. Lost. Do you know what I mean? So somebody actually, I mean, remember when we were all, we want Quenville, we want Quenville, blah, 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 how disappointed we were when we didn't get uh, Q. And then it came out that we got AV, and we were kind of like, uh, okay, like, he's a good coach. Let's see what what goes on. Like he's everything that we could have wanted in a, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. He's everything that I could want in a coach and more. Not only is he a, a, a strong head coach with a winning pedigree, but he just, he just exudes, like he's a good, genuine human being. And he's so, so easy to root for. He's a breath of fresh air to root for. I mean, we had a a mannequin behind the bench for four years Vigneault will actually crack a smile and and laugh with reporters and media and stuff like that. It's such a breath of fresh air to see. I can only imagine what it's like in the locker room to play for a guy like that. Um, So yeah, 100% agree, Jack. He should be up for Jack Adams.
1: I think one of my favorite things about Vigneault is the fact that he is able to crack a joke, but at the same time, he demands respect. And he has that kind of... Presence When it comes to the locker room and people want to play for him and they, you can just tell how motivated every single player is, you know, even after they come out of wins aside from Buffalo's game on Saturday, there were still a few performances throughout this winning streak where players were like, you know, we're not playing good hockey instead of talking about all the good things that they did. They're still focused on the things that they could have done better. And I think that that's a really great mentality, and Vigneault is a huge part of that because of the atmosphere that he's allowing his players to have in the locker room, and it it's much it affects the game much more than a lot of people realize. And I think now, in comparison to the past few seasons, what we could have, it just it kind of makes you realize like, okay. We're on track now. If he doesn't win the Jack Adams, I mean, for a long time, people were saying, you know, uh, it might be uh, Torts and Columbus. And I just, if they made a postseason run after losing a bunch of their all-stars in the offseason, sure. Put them in consideration. But if you sit back and realize the complete 180 turn that the Flyers have done from this time last season to this season, a huge factor of that is Vigneault, and it's Fletcher. And they need to be respected on all platforms for that. So I hope that they win their respective awards for those.
2: Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I can see Vigneault's got a stronger case um, simply because, well, first on Torts, yeah, I had heard a lot about that too with him. Uh, I do think they need to make the postseason for that to be a thing, though. I mean, it was it was cute for a while, but if they fall out, it's it's tough to to give them that. Where Vigneault, you got to remember with the Flyers here, we haven't had Nolan Patrick all year. You see what happened to Lindblom? Ghost has barely played. And this team is still doing what it's doing. Like we've had some adversity as well, to say the least. It's not like Columbus is the only team that had some serious issues. Like we've had some stuff too. And we're not just hanging on to a playoff spot. We're pushing for to win the division, and it's the best division in hockey compared to what we've been the last five years, which has been barely a playoff bubble team. So that needs. I think that's a really strong case for Vigneault Fletcher. I don't know how they rank those GM things because it's like. 2D draft, he added to a team that had pieces, that's tough. I'm not against it by any means. I just, I feel like Vigneault's got a stronger case in Fletcher. I don't know how they, I don't know. Vigneault, it's not like he, if Vigneault was somebody he like found in Europe and nobody ever heard of or something like that. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I could, maybe that would make more sense. But I mean, this guy, he'd been to the cup twice. He was just sitting out there. Everybody went hard after Quenville, and he was like, "All right, I'll, I'll take Vigneault." I loved it at the time; I thought it was a smart move. Don't get me wrong, but um, and I'm not shitting on um, Fletcher either. I'm just, I'm just, I don't understand the criteria for GM of the Year. There's a lot more components involved, but definitely, you make a good point, though. I mean, they have both been fantastic. I just, I'm, I'm knocking the door down for for Vigneault to get Jack Adams here. I don't even know who else you consider besides torts. I
0: think I saw. Maybe the guy in Vancouver or something. And then there's some different guys out there too. But for Vigneault, I mean, I, I'm not against that at all. I think he should win it. Like I said, I, I would like them both to win it. Uh, you know, the only reason I for for Fletcher, I mean, every single move he's made has panned out. Every single one. I mean I, yeah, I, know I was the, gonna say You know, go ahead, Brooke.
1: Yeah, so um I think Fletcher has made a really compelling case because from the jump start of his first full off season with the Flyers, there was a lot of question marks and he didn't go out there and get the bread man that everybody wanted. Truth of the matter is the Flyers didn't need Panarin. They didn't. They needed a few solid bottom six forwards. They needed a strong coach who could guide this team that had a lot of experience. They needed to bring in a strong depth center player in Kevin Hayes and I just veteran presence at the blue line like, there was just so many acquisitions that they made and there were a few that people were a little unsure of at the jump the Gudis miskinin trade people are like why did we trade for a declining veteran defenseman I don't think anybody would be saying that now right
0: every single move we questioned
1: same as, thing a, as with a fan base and Hartman yeah Well, we're we're going to do that anyway. Same thing. They thought it was like a a little one-for-one trade, but you couldn't have been more happy with seeing how all of these players have come together, and Fletcher has just put together such a dynamic, dangerous team. And, like, I'm catching myself off guard even saying this because it's about the Flyers. When's the last time we've said that they were a dangerous, threatening team? I yeah. can't remember.
2: Lead <laughs> draws. <Lydros.
1: laughs> yeah, like where they were actually threatening. Where other teams in the league have looked to the Flyers and said, "We do not want them in the first round. We do not want to play them after a bad stretch of games because they're they're dangerous and they're not an easy team to co- like to come into Philly. The best home record in the NHL this season. Come on, it's so." Ah, I love it.
0: (laughs) The the Flyers are are 20 games over 500 at home right now. They haven't been 20 games over 500 at home since the 1986-87 season.
2: Wow, they went to Game 7 of the Cup that year.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. So I'm I'm actually working on an article. It might come out tomorrow, but from the span of 84-85 to 86-87, uh, the Flyers were 20 games over 500 in all three of those years when they went to the Stanley— uh, 20 games over 500 at home in all three of those years, and they went to the cup final two out of the three of those years. And the the point of that is to stress how important it is to be dominant at home to make a cup run. And, you know, if they get home ice advantage, that it really can't be understated because that is a really important factor.
1: And the thing is, they really haven't been struggling on the road as of late either, especially since Carter Hart's really been building that confidence. And I think since he came back from his injury, it's kind of he's shifted gears in a sense of, all right, I need to figure out what's going on with me on the road and straighten that out because I can play stellar on home ice. I need to put the same kind of performance out when we're on the road. As soon as that started clicking, I was like, ooh, we're on to something good. We are on to something good. And they have a chance to win 50 games. They do. This season. I uh, saw this last week and somebody started making fun of me. I'm like, they really got a shot. You know, I have to say something. I can't wait until they hit the 100-point mark this season. And I can pull up the receipts of everybody on my (laughs) Twitter saying, I was like, they're getting 100 points. This was preseason. And people were like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? they are 90 points at best, and that's pushing it. I cannot wait because I just felt it. I was like, something's different this year. They're trending in the right direction. And the rest of the league's looking at Philadelphia like – Weren't they still finishing a rebuild? What, like, what the hell yeah. happened in Philadelphia in one off season? Yep. I can't wait. I love proving people wrong. It's my favorite thing in the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, bring I up real just- tri- I'm sorry, Sergio. Jack, real quick. let me sneak this in because we brought up the Flyers aren't that bad on the road. and you know, if you mention that on Twitter, God forbid. But since the Flyers uh, West, Western road trip, they've gone, they've gone seven, two and one at home. And they've scored three goals or more in every single one of those games. Here's another significant stat for you guys because they only have to travel outside the eastern time zone one more time this season, and they won't have to do it in the playoffs. Away from home on the eastern on in the eastern time zone this year, they're 13, 6, and 2 away on the eastern time zone. That's that's not bad at all. 13 6 yeah. and 2. And the reason that's significant, is, like I said, because they won't have to travel outside of that. Uh, other than going to Dallas and Nashville. And obviously in the playoffs, they're going to be on the Eastern time zone uh, until they get to the Stanley cup. And who knows who they're going to play then if they get there. But I just yeah, thought worry that was about that then.
2: Yeah. I thought that was a really <laughs>
0: interesting stat.
2: Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it just shows you those West, those West coast trips are ridiculous and they didn't just hurt us. They hurt a lot of teams, Pitt okay. especially, you know, it's not like we're the only ones. So uh, that the fact that they're figuring out is huge. And, yeah, I mean, just seeing Vigneault behind the bench, man. I mean, it, before, I would look behind the bench. I mean, this is when we were losing. And just see Hacksaw and just, you know, see Krusty the Clown. <laughs> it's you know, like I, night and day, man. Yeah, it really is. And now, now I'm seeing, you know, like a legitimate coach who demands accountability, who's got a game plan, who's been there before. Like, he's going to be my favorite coach since, like, I don't know, man. Shiro? <laughs> like, oh. it's just, it's, it's insane because I used to love Lappy or Lavi. Lavi left. Love Lavi. And, too, uh, definitely didn't like Lappy. Good guy, not so much a good coach. Um, but yeah, no, it's because it's he took us to the cup and, you know, he, he had a good thing going. But now I look at Vigno. I'm like, this guy's legit. And it shows, you know, and it's like, I can't, he's, if he were a player, he'd be my favorite player, man. Like, he's just. <laughs> He's awesome. Like it's just, it's, and I, I may have – I don't know if uh, Fletcher will win GM of the year or not. I hope he does. But he's made a believer out of me. That's for sure.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's some big stuff right there.
2: <laughs> took um, a lot. I was, I was pretty critical of a couple of things. And we'll see about the drafting. He didn't take Caulfield, but we're not going to get into that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get into that on <laughs> another episode. Did you have something you wanted to point out there, Brooke?
1: Um, I'm still thinking back to this team's travel schedule this year, and I know that it's kind of not really a cheap shot to blame performance on the ice due to travel, but I mean, they were in Prague. I feel Probably like that season, was five years ago to start yeah. off the season. It feels like forever ago. They come to, they go to Prague, they have one game at home, then they go to Western Canada. Oh. The amount of back-to-back games—I think they have—they had 17 back-to-back games this season, which I Blood think it's one of the top in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And even when it goes to three, three games in four days, four games in six days, the turnaround time from playing a seven o'clock game and then a one o'clock start the next day, like. They were squeezing the Flyers into the schedule and to still come out through everything and be pushing for that top spot in the Metropolitan. It's just, I can't find enough people to be like, oh my God, oh my God, look it's at this sp- team, look what they've done. This is yeah. so amazing.
0: <laughs> they've overcome it all. The The whole BS with the schedule, you know, I mean, it, it could easily be looked at as complaint or excuses, but that stuff's legit. And You know, Jack, I I know you might have something to comment on here, but you know, I know these are professional athletes, but like they're human beings, you know, and their bodies go through the same things our bodies go through, like as far as traveling and whatnot. So I mean, you know, you need sleep, you need rest. I know the professional athletes are they getting paid to take this rest and eat this proper food and are getting paid to play a game, but that kind of stuff takes a toll. And it's not like you're just coming to the East Coast to play, you have to go all the way out west to play again all the way back to the east coast to play more games and it's like you got your body's like what's the what is it called circadian rhythm or whatever like your body's got a clock and if it doesn't know what the hell time it is how's it going to play a hockey game so i mean you know beginning of the year i think i was even one of those guys like this is all excuses like it's beginning of the season they should be ready to play but after the course of 82 games it's like "Mm." especially when they're winning i think let me just say here it's easier to give them breaks when they're on a nine game winning streak you know what i mean
2: also, how bad their previous seasons were. So when they were losing, and you're we hearing those excuses, you're quick to be like, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. But I, but definitely. I'm I'm not gonna hate on them for that because they are humans. I get it. Listen, we uh we sprung ahead what last night, and I'm still feeling the effects. And I don't even play hockey. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so I'm not gonna kill them.
0: Yes, I mean a lot of factors, and that's another touch of adversity they've overcome. They could they could easily, you know, felt bad for themselves and packed it in in the first month of the season, and you know they chose not to. The, maybe the coach didn't let them. You know, a whole different mentality going on in that in that on that team. And you know, here we are fighting for first place. You know, we got the Bruins tomorrow night who are, who are first in, uh, what's that division called again? I can't think. Atlantic.
2: It's just the Atlantic, yeah. And
0: they got the the Lightning on. I think it's Thursday. We're second in the Atlantic.
2: They're first in the league. Remember that by a good six points. That's
0: right, man. The <laughs> friggin' Bruins. And I don't even know how. I mean, they have that strong top line, and then you know how? How else do they keep winning? That that line's just that good.
2: They got some guys on D, like you got McAvoy. You know, Char is still doing his thing. Rask's still pretty good. Even Halak, their backup's pretty good. They got they got some nice depth guys. Charlie Coyle, you know, guys. Some young guys. Um, had they not screwed up the 2015 uh, draft? <laughs> they could have had added Konechny Barzel probably somebody else to that team they would be absolutely ridiculous
0: that's the one where they traded Lucic and it had like three picks yeah. in a row right
2: three in a row and the only i think um DeBrusque is the only one really worth something the other yeah. guys are like i think the one is not very good the other one might make it one day but like you you could have had to- Barzel was available like come on I, 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 I just, I don't know. Three picks and they ain't taken with any of them. I mean, it could happen to a better team. Yeah, right? Seriously.
0: You don't need any more help over there. Um,
1: I don't even, I know that, like, yay, Boston, congratulations. When have they not had a losing friggin' sports I know. team? Um, <laughs> Get out my aggression right there. <laughs> get it out. This but... is the show. Get it out.
2: At least we don't sound as stupid as they do.
1: The Flyers have gone <laughs> 2-0 against the top team in the league this year. And yeah. they have a chance to take six points away from them after tomorrow night's game. And that alone just brings a level of, I don't want to say calmness, because this team never makes me feel calm, but a sense of security, like they're not going to go into this game and fully embarrass themselves. Maybe Brad Marchand might. Mm-hmm. but you know, maybe he can over skate a puck or two again. That oh was
2: that be great? That what might be, a story book ending to that. that game. Might,
1: that <laughs> might've been a top five moment of the season without a doubt I, for the it,
2: entire league. Not just us. Yeah. Everybody hates Marshan. That was fantastic. Touching on that real quick, because this is
0: something that I've noticed this year. And maybe it's just because the flyers have been so bad, but they haven't gotten bounces. Like I'm seeing them get this year in so long. And You know, the Farabee goal the other night is a classic case. You know, the Flyers look like crap all game. They're up 2-1. to They could use an insurance goal. Oh, here you go, Joel. Boom. Just tap it in. (laughs) And then, like, the Brad Marchand. Like, if that is not the epitome of getting a bounce, then I don't know what is. Like, he misses the puck.
1: (laughs) It reminded me back to last season in the shootout against Toronto. When over overskated and yep. kind of lost control of the puck coming up on Hart, and I was like, "Hang on, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen against the Flyers." Uh-huh. So I thought right back to that instantly when that happened with Marshan, and I was like, "You know what? This is this is a top moment of the season for sure." And I just remember <laughs> looking at the replies on Twitter, not only from Philadelphia but from teams <laughs> and fans all over, like. What just happened? Yeah. So if we can have any type of content like that again on tomorrow night, I don't. You know he's gonna hear it tomorrow. The game's in
0: Philly. You know he's gonna hear it.
2: When that happened, I thought of every time Andrew McDonald fell on his ass. (laughs) I thought about the I thought about the Steve Mason goal from more than center ice. You know, and the hockey guides work in mysterious ways. You know, (laughs) don't question it. You just live it, and there you go.
1: I think a big thing also is the fact that I sense a level of fearlessness with this team and a sense of aggression as well. You know, they're not just, it's not a dump and chase game anymore. It's, you know, we're charging the the puck, we're going to pull the cliches, you're getting pucks deep, but you're, you're getting into the crease, you're causing some aggression. I've never seen so many, like, Watching some players screen in front of the goaltenders, I've just, I've never seen this system effectively work out with the Flyers, and I think that that's why I'm so confused in a good way, but they're not afraid to take chances. Now, like, when you see them on the penalty kill, when's the last, thank God for Kevin Hayes, first of all, but when is the last time that you have seen this kind of aggression, especially when you're down a guy on the ice?
2: Mike Richards and mm-hmm. how long ago is that a decade ago? Just about. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've been saying. And it's like before we just wanted them to kill the penalty. That's all we were praying for. The <laughs> shorthanded goals was way too much to ask for in the last five years. We just wanted them to kill it. You know? So to see this is like Kevin Hayes is like a cornerback in football. Like, you not only is he playing great defense, he's running that stuff, that shit back for a touchdown, you know? And then <laughs> that, that, that changes games. I remember one game they were down like two nothing. He scored a shorthanded goal, and the Flyers just took over after that. They you know, served. I mean, yeah, they got they got they got every facet of the game. They got somebody who like specializes and just know what to do, and it, that comes with confidence. When you get scored on, you know you can come back. When you go down a penalty, you know you can kill it. Like you're ex- almost expected to kill it. I mean, this penalty kill even against Buffalo, like they bended, but they didn't break. Or before they would, you know, fall to pieces. And right. I'm looking at the standings right now. You know, you got, and oh, this is in the league, and it's Boston, Tampa, St. Louis, Colorado, Washington, Philly, Pitt, Vegas. Those are like the top eight. Our record against those teams this year so far, we're like nine, four, and two. Like that's saying something when it's the the creme de la creme of the league.
1: Right, and. Again, something that's been happening this season as opposed to the past few is that if you see the Flyers go down a goal or two in the first period, you're not sent into panic mode right away because you know that in that first intermission of the game, they are going to reevaluate their entire game. They're not afraid to restructure things on the fly. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of Vigneault. He'll swap lines. He'll change things around in an instant. You're never afraid right away. I mean, if you're down maybe like a three, a three goal deficit in the first period. Sure. But I'm not sitting here anymore thinking, all right, that's the game. Why even watch the rest? It's like, okay, how are they going to come out the second period and turn things around? And basically nine out of 10 times this season they're they're proving to people they can come back they can hold leads they're not turtling anymore it's just a completely different mentality as opposed to previous seasons and i love it no i definitely
2: agree with that and like especially when you go on the road the old saying is like if you get out of the first period one nothing it's a win you know like Flyers teams of old, I'm like, no, that's a huge mountain to climb, no way. But this team, it's like, yeah, full confidence, no worries. And I've even seen them go down three nothing in the first period. It's, I mean, against the Islanders. Now they did lose that game of regulation, but they did tie it. They pulled the goalie and tied that game before they blew it. The fact that they did that at all, that's a team that years ago would never do that. They would, if going down three nothing in the first period, forget it. might as well put the mites on ice at that point. <laughs>
0: So true. And Brooke, you, you mentioned like the whole mentality, the whole feel is different for the team. And that's kind of how I felt. And I've been I've been feeling like that for a couple of weeks. Like, you know, every test that this team has had to face, you know, every make or break, stretch this season, they've passed. They've beaten teams that, you know, we didn't expect them to beat. And they're continuing to do it. Only The only difference is... We're like, okay, we got the Capitals coming up. We beat them already, and we beat them again. Like, we expect them to win games now. At least I do. I expect them to beat – I expect them to beat everybody. I know that that's not going to happen, but I expect them to win tomorrow night because they're 25-5-4 and four on home ice. I know the Bruins are the top team in the league, but I expect the Flyers to win. Um, I expect them to go down to Tampa Bay and hopefully win, but I, I don't th- – They're not going to get blown out like in years past, you know, years past. It's like, oh, they got the lightning. They got a, you know, the pretty bad track record against the lightning. You know, most likely they're going to get their butts kicked, but let's watch just to see this. This time it's like, you know, they owe the lightning. They're 0 two against them. They owe them a win. Let's see if they're going to go get it. You know, it's just a different feel. And that's why I'm excited because you, I feel like they can beat anybody and that's, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the team now. For the playoffs, because like I said, they can beat anybody.
2: No, Jim, I, I I couldn't agree with you more because when they played the Capitals the first time this season, that, and you see, this is what I mean, you see the progression throughout this season itself. It felt like David versus Goliath. You had the top team in the league, and you had us who were just like trying to find our bearings. And, yeah. you know, we were all happy we made it to overtime. Now we play Washington. Not only do we expect to win, we go into their house and we win five to two. We have a good record against Boston. Like, you know, outside of the lightning until they beat them, you know, I'm not going to be a full believer, but I'm not. They beat they beat the Stanley Cup champs. Like, you know, they they've handled everybody essentially like they're right there in the thick of it. It's no more David Worth's Goliath. It's, you know, it's Ali Frazier now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it can be like you said, they could beat anybody. And a lot of these teams. Yeah, I, I expect them to beat or give them a hell of a fight.
1: And it's quick, also uh, one of those things – sorry to cut you off. For no, go ahead, It's okay. If the Flyers – and I'm not saying that this is going to happen because I'm also right there with you right now, Jim, where I, I expect them to come in against Boston and then head down to Tampa and take four points away from these weekday games. But even if for some reason they do lose one of these things, one of these matchups, it's not the end of the world because nope. – you know, like you said, they're not going to go 15-0 and 0 down the stretch. If they did, I think I would pass out. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't overthink just one of these games. The important thing is the fact that they didn't lose to, say, Buffalo. If they go toe-to-toe and lose in regulation by, say, a goal in Tampa, it's not what you want, obviously, but it's not the end of the world do or die like it's been in the past because you're losing against a top team after a huge set of wins that you've compiled from the past two and a half weeks. Yeah. So it's also seeing how Flyers fans are going to handle the first loss after this win. I'm pretty curious, actually.
0: Um, I thought it was going to come Saturday night, and I was getting – like it was a 1-1 game, and some of the stuff that I was seeing on Twitter, I'm like, can you guys – can you stop? Because these teams (laughs) won eight in a row and you guys are all sitting over here, you know, ready to just just crap all over them if they lose tonight. You know what I mean? And it's just like, do you do you really believe in this team or not? Because if you do a loss like eight wins in a row catapulted them to top in the metro. Right. How can you crap all over this team after being tied for first place? Granted, I know if they would have dropped two points against Buffalo would not have looked great, you know, but it just still it annoyed me a little bit like cut them some slack. We wanted them to go on a long winning streak. They did. They are on a nine game winning streak. Now they ended up winning the other night. Um, Before I forget, what I wanted to point out was against the Capitals. um, Three 0 and 1 against the division leaders this year. Um, Haven't lost to them in regulation. Uh, Last year they went winless against uh the capitals so so i have a list right here real quick before i forget it uh last season they went winless against the caps blue jackets and hurricanes all division teams uh this year 3 and 1 against the caps uh 3 and 0 so far against the rangers 3 0 and 1 against the hurricanes and 4 and 0 against the blue jackets so they're taking care of business in their division uh and they they're all good teams so I mean, like we like we're saying, like there's not a team in the league that scares me. Yeah, I don't really want to play the Lightning at any point in the playoffs. I know Steven Stamkos is hurt, so that's a big loss. I you know I'm I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm excited to watch this team play every single night because I think they have a chance to win.
2: Now, Jim, you said it perfectly. I couldn't couldn't agree more. <laughs>
1: I know it left me speechless. Dead <laughs> <laughs> air's a bad a lot, thing.
2: Usually not for those reasons. Don't give me dead air. I'll fill it with something. <laughs> um,
0: so let's get back. Let's finish up your list of your books. Uh, we've already had you on for just over an hour, I think. Um, wow,
1: time flies when you're talking fun hockey, huh?
0: I know, isn't it fun, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: Drags um, so, all last year.
0: Yeah. I don't think we touched on number five yet. So Kevin Hayes used to ref. So this is in reference to a clip, I think, right. You want to explain that?
1: Yeah. So Kevin Hayes, there's been a few times where Kevin Hayes has been mic'd up this season and you know, he's hysterical when you think about it. Um, He's a real treat to kind of just be a fly on the wall for. And, you know, I think it was some pretty wishy-washy penalty calling, but what else is new within the league? And ref, uh, ref. <laughs> he is <laughs> basically, see, he's confused myself. Yeah. But he was basically like, you know, you can't really get this past me. I used to ref, you know. And whether that's a true fact or not, Flyers fans ate it up. And I just thought it was, Really funny. So I actually should have put parentheses because I think I said, Hayes used to ref, you know, you can't get anything slick by him. And I was going to put in parentheses or maybe you can, but I was like, maybe that's too much of a gut punch to the officiating in the league.
2: <laughs> so,
1: you know, it's just.
2: Book's going to get fined. <laughs> <laughs>
1: $5,000 the maximum fine for trash. Just because you're associated with the
2: Flyers, yeah. No, never never <laughs> talk on the refs. They it doesn't matter how much they screw up. You never say anything bad. <laughs> nope. We wonder why the officiating never gets better. <laughs>
0: uh, number six on your list. If you're blocked by Jacob Ward, check on Twitter, you are. That's actually a fun-running joke with the fans.
1: Yeah, so... I remember the day that I found out that I got blocked by Voracek and I was a little upset at first because I knew for a fact that I was one of the few that hadn't been on like hardcore Flyers Twitter. And, you know, it was coming up with the trade deadline and I was like, people were debating about maybe moving Simmons at the deadline or moving Voracek and I got that old El Paso taco girl gif of her going, why not both? (laughs) And I guess he found that and blocked it. It it don't
2: take much. (laughs) He's got a real trigger finger with that.
1: It wasn't even like, like a supposed to be disrespectful to Vorage check because in my mind, I thought that you would actually get a pretty decent return. I mean, he's a huge leader in the locker room And he's tied with Konechny in most assists on the team right now. It wasn't really supposed to be offensive. I was just (laughs) trying to think at the deadline, how can we revive this season? So I got blocked. Maybe one day, maybe after a cup, maybe after his time in Philly ends, he'll unblock me. I don't know. Maybe I'll start a petition for it. Who knows?
0: (laughs) I see it as a badge of honor. Jack, are you blocked by Voracek?
2: I don't remember. I have to check. I don't think so. I don't really talk to Jake. <laughs> I don't really talk. At I, that's all I hear. He just, just blocks people. It's like what's the fun and whatever. It, I, know it's my, all my, I know my account is. I don't know if it's a badge anymore because it's 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 like a participation trophy at this point. Yeah.
1: Like Welcome to Flyer's your Twitter. You're blocked by Jake for I almost
2: feel like if you're not blocked, you need to get blocked. Otherwise, you're not serious. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, right, <laughs> i got to go get blocked. That's
1: true. It's funny.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. he, he's just a lunatic with the blocking. It's like, why'd you block me, Jake? Probably because you said something stupid. It's like, he really doesn't know. He just, trigger finger, man. He, he probably doesn't even understand what you said. He just takes it the way he reads it the first time and just blocks away. Blocks away. <laughs>
0: Number seven, you have if you're blocked by Scott Lawton on Twitter, which you're not, can't really help you there. Does he block I people?
2: Say, House.
1: Yeah, is that a thing too. I've actually been seeing a significant amount of my followers being like, "When the hell did Scott Blo- Lawton block me on Twitter?" And I was like, "I was like, hold on, there's no way I'm blocked," and I wasn't. But I'm like genuinely like curious as to what that background story is because. Obviously, you know, you know with Borachek, he, he kind of goes looking for some hot takes after a game. But with Lawton, you just really don't know. So it's a mystery right now.
2: That is very strange. He's he's one of those players, like, everybody loves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, unless, unless you were heavily invested in the 2012 draft and are upset he's not a first-line center, I don't— <laughs> I don't know why you would want to hate on Scott Lawton, man. Like, jeez.
0: That's, uh, you know, for the bandwagoners out there, a good thing to know. Yep. Yeah. No no reason to hate on Scotty Uh Number eight, the chirpier the player, the better. This is why Travis Konechny is having his best season yet.
1: I think there's a lot of factors as to why Konechny is having a great season, but I just obviously wanted to have a play on his chirps as well. For because sure. everyone knows that they are – elite level chirping Um, looking back to the wired up series with the stadium series last season was just fantastic content. And it made the NHL actually look like it was really fun and enticing to maybe people who don't really watch hockey as much. Um, But I I've been thinking about this, you know, before he signed his contract extension in the offseason, I was like, Travis Konechny is going to be... I wrote something about it. I have to pull it up. But I was like, Travis Konechny is going to be the missing piece this season for the Flyers. He's the most empo- important player this year. Here's why. Along the angle of that. And it just goes to show you that... Like, respect your players. Pay them right. Give them the time that they deserve. He rightfully deserves time on the top line he deserves top line minutes and when you're pairing him with talent with really and you can really toss up that entire top six forwards and get a pretty solid performance every night but he's having a stellar season he had his first all-star appearance and I remember calling that back in November I was like he's going to the all-star game Did I get him mic'd up for the All-Star game? No, I didn't. I tried my hardest. But whatever, NHL All-Star game. I'll get over it eventually.
0: Oh, you actually have a say in that.
1: No, well, I had a petition. I made it. And I was like, you know, we got to give the people what they want. They want Travis Konechny mic'd up basically 24-7. But why not mic come up for All-Star weekend? Mm -hmm. And that just didn't happen. So maybe next year.
2: You know, you Next bring up, year. and this goes to more credit for Fletcher. You bring up, uh, you know, Proveroff and connecting uh, those contracts. And looking back, I remember at the time, Konechny signed. And I was like, okay, I think in like a year, maybe two, this will really start to look like a good deal. We got to give him some time. And a lot of people not in Philly who like to hate on some other podcasts oh, it's over! I think they overpaid. I think they totally overpaid. I don't know what they're thinking. To see him come out, essentially the first game of the season, and be this awesome player, definitely our most important offensive player uh, exp- from ex- an explosiveness standpoint. Like It is, he, you're absolutely right. He's one of the main reasons that we're beating the teams we're beating, and yeah, the chirping's fantastic, because he's getting on the player's skins, and he's allowed them to play his game, and then he's just a Absolute talent on top of that. So the contract, the play, the player, the stats. Like, I actually checked and saw how many points and assists he has. And I'm like, I remember Konecki being, like, the goal guy. Now, all of a sudden, he's got all these assists, too. This is – he's, the like, total package right now. This is great, at least offensively. He's no Sean Couturier, but still.
1: I mean, and that just – man, I'll never get over talking about how much of a steal Couturier's contract is. <laughs> and. Thinking about these contracts now, especially with ConnectMe, and when you sign Kevin Hayes, and people are like, "Oh, you paid him too much," and I was like, "Well, you got to look at the market and see how everyone else was paid around the league. The cap's always going up, but Katori was a steal. Is the best? I think it's hands down one of the best contracts in the league when it comes down to price and what you get as a player. It's six return.
2: years, right? Yep. And it, it's what just over five million, or is it five and a half? I can't remember. It was so long ago. It's under. I thought so, it was four something off the top of my head. It's under five million dollars. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. my
2: god. Like and they actually not- had the balls to say he was overpaid.
1: Wow. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and now he's right now one of the league favorites for Selkie, yeah, which that's is amazing. well deserved. No more Bergeron crap. Give. Give it to Couturier. Oh,
2: we're talking Coots. <laughs> I, I thought we were talking Konechny still. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Coots. You know, no, I remember when he signed that contract, and I was like, holy cow. What? That's when I used to be like a Hextall believer. I'm like, he could do no wrong. I was like, oh, my God, look at this deal here. Yeah, that one's a – he. just the fact if he gets Selkie recognition this year, I'll take it because it's been ridiculous that he can't even like – Really get into the top three, or really be talked about. It's like Bergeron or Bust or somebody else. Or they'll put like players who are deserving, but it's like unless Konechny scores 35 goals and does stellar defense, he barely gets mentioned. And now, you know what it is. Now that the team's winning and getting more league recognition and national recognition, now he's going to start being noticed. I mean, people actually enjoy hockey, know who he is, but we all know that's not how you get voted for, you know, uh, awards. So, but yeah, he's absolutely deserving. Uh, It's about damn time too. He's so underrated even by some Flyers fans still. And that's another thing.
0: I mean, we mentioned already Vigneault for, you know, Jack Adams and Chuck Fletcher for GM of the year. And now we're talking about, you know, a Flyers center up for the Selkie award. Like this team can't be any more legit. Like, I don't know how you, can, you can't you can be excited for this team. They have everything. Um, if I'm going down this list a little bit more here, I think we only have two more left. Uh, refri- ref- I don't know why I can't say this word, Brooke. Refrain from throwing things on the ice at home <laughs> oh, games. <yeah. laughs> this isn't a frat. You won't be initiated into the fandom if you do so.
2: Uh, I only have one gripe with that. Hats are allowed.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've been along the lines of like Ed, like Snyder. Uh,
2: oh, I know. I, as soon as as soon as Jim started reading it, I I knew exactly where that was coming from.
1: <laughs> I just remember thinking last season when they did their Chia Pet giveaway, mm-hmm. and when they announced that they were giving it out as oh, you sure. were exiting the game, and I was like, you know, in retrospect, that's incredibly smart. Because if that game (laughs) took a turn, there'd be clay, broken clay model Chia pets, all over the ice. So could you imagine? Hats are allowed. Everything else, please don't. (laughs) Please. I have a couple
2: of those things still here. They deserve to be in the playoffs (laughs) now. Yeah, I still got mine too. What the hell? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they they're they're they deserve to be in. I remember with the whole Ed Snyder thing. I hate that they were Ed Snyder bracelets because I love Ed Snyder, but. Mm -hmm. My God, I that uh, when it, when Lou Nolan was like, we took that two minute penalty because of that, and he was like, way to go. I want to <laughs> be like, yeah, way to go down 3 0 in the first round and lose at home like that. Like, I was so bitter. I did not care, but no, there's no need to do that shit now. Not with this team, these, these guys deserve it. They're they're gonna be they're not gonna, we're not gonna be in a situation where that's gonna happen. I can tell you.
1: Oh, no, not at all. But I felt like given the history. Of apparently what the Flyers fans are perceived as, it was important just to touch on. Yeah, yeah just Definitely. don't do it.
2: You, you got to tell some of the bandwagoners who don't really know. You know, let them know. Hey, we don't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But we're trying to change the perception around here. So if you just refrain, that'd be great.
1: Yes, greatly appreciated.
2: <laughs> Number ten.
0: If you catch Elaine Vigneault at the bar, make sure to buy him a martini. Trust me on this. Really?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you see him in post-game. I wish that there was a Vigno Martini count following Flyers wins. You know, he just loves his—I mean, granted, I've never found him out in the bar, but if I did <laughs> one night in Philly, I'm an introvert. I don't go out. i hate going out if for some (laughs) odd reason you found me in philly in the off season on a saturday night and i ran into elaine vignot i'd get him around the martinis on me
0: yep so as
1: a a thank you and if he ever brings a cup to philadelphia he'll never have to pay for a drink in this city for as long as he lives
2: no that's the truth is that his like drink though is that what you think his drink is
1: no it's his drink he if you listen to uh Post game press conferences with him, he talks about a martini maybe on a weekly basis. Now it's pretty (laughs) been a pretty fun running joke with the season. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh wow, it's funny because he strikes me as a guy who would just like take two shots, down a beer, and then you know, all right, laps. You know, (laughs) and he skates (laughs) it with you backwards, and he's faster than you are.
1: Yeah. So I mean, if you if you look back, or you honestly, if you if you Google Lane Vigneault Martini. I'm sure you'll get I think I'm either do that right now. presser videos or post-game um, articles. You'll see something. It's 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 something. So just trust me on that. New Flyers fans
2: came right <laughs> up. Wow, there's a lot of videos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> When's the wow. last time we had anything funny to say like this about a, a Dave Hackstall? You know?
2: Oh boy, like, this guy, like, I think he, he likes just gets the it. helium it's and balloons. Bad. I think that was his. Thing. <laughs>
0: What was his famous line? It's time to sack up.
2: Oh God! Now who knows? Do <laughs> you have a famous fan. line? I think, uh, yeah. God, I his f- his famous line was Letter <laughs> Weiss, and, uh, <laughs> and <they're nuts>. <laughs> <laughs> that's his famous line.
0: Yeah. So I so I mean for for Flyers fans like us, like we we know like what the team has been like the last couple years. So. Uh, I understand if there are some people out there who still, you know, are 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 doubtful and still have Brooke, you mentioned it in your article, still have cautious optimism. Like I guess what we're trying to say is it's okay. Like jump in. Like it's the Flyers are fun again. Like let's have fun. Let's like they're gonna win some games. They might win a round or two in the in the playoffs. We're not saying they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. Do they have a shot to get there? And once they get there, who knows what could happen? But let's have some fun. Jack, you said it's kind of like they're uh, you know, they're ahead of schedule. They're playing on borrowed time here. They're not supposed to win yet. Yet here they are. Like, Let's have friggin' fun. Let's not be negative. Let's take this team for what it is, and let's see where they go.
2: You know, Just on enjoy, the, enjoy the
1: ride. You
2: know, on the bandwagon thing, there's not one fan that I would – this is me personally – I would not have an issue with. Like, it's go time. Let's have some fun. I think where a lot of it comes from for me – and even that I'm like 50 50 on it is the radio stations. Cause you can hear when a fan calls in, they barely know what they're talking about. Yeah, Like they're, they give such short answers. Like they're like, yeah, no, I think they could.
0: Yeah. Mean, I see it. He's been playing uh,
2: better. I'm like, wow. Man, so insightful. I can't breathe. You know, the
0: host you mean?
2: Yeah. The host, absolutely the host. And it's, it's both stations and it's like, I don't mind Mikey Miss, but he's been. It's not that he ha- hasn't liked hockey. He's been di- like straight up disrespectful about it. You know what I mean? And I it's that's just his like gig to get people it, to call in. Right? Yeah. Now he's like, oh, they're good. It's like just stop. You know, yeah. just stop. They can't even pronounce, pronounce the coach's name right, for God's sake. Like, come on. <laughs> but even then, I'm not like full hate mode about it. But that's the only little bit of. Uh, bandwagoning and I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, too. I'm like, okay, all right. It also took the Sixers sucking. If the Sixers were doing what they were supposed to be doing, they wouldn't be talking about the Flyers, no matter how good they were.
0: So here's the thing, and this is my opinion here. So when, you know, I'll hear, I'll see people on Twitter like, oh, the radio guys are no good. They don't know how to talk hockey. I'm like, well, you know, thank God you live in a city that, you know, loves the sport. I know it's a niche sport and whatnot, but, you know, there are, more than a handful of solid podcasts out there solid flyers podcasts and you know i'm gonna tell a story so my brother was talking about the radio and i said dude just download an app there's an app called overcast you can set your playlist to whatever podcast you want to listen to it's that easy you carry your phone around with you wherever you go all you got to do is press the play button and boom you're listening to educational uh, educated flyers talk you know and I think his argument was, yeah, but the radio is so convenient. You get in the car and you press a button. I'm like, dude, you literally carry the phone with you wherever you go.
2: <laughs> Most like, of them hook up to your radio now, too.
0: Yes. Yeah. Bluetooth or, or, or whatever it's called, the audio uh, aux cord, whatever the hell. Like, it's that simple. Like, if you guys want educational Flyers talk, there's a number of pods out there. I know, the Brooke, the Flyers just came out with a, uh, a couple of podcasts, right? You, you were on one recently, you said?
1: Yeah, so the Flyers actually have their own, um, like, podcasting unit right now. They have a few uh, with Jason Martinez and Andrea Helfrich, which is the Flyers in Arena host, is having an anything but hockey to learn a little bit of the off-ice content. But even NBC Sports Philadelphia recently launched uh, our Flyers Talk podcast, which I was a guest on for the first time just last week. So we're finding a bunch of different avenues and outlets, and luckily, you know, the internet is at everybody's fingertips right now. There are so many ways to get information and listen and read up on your favorite teams, especially the Flyers in this case, because if anything, it's given small bloggers and small podcasters even more of... uh, An inspiration, an edge to be like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity to put our content out, to push our content, to create something new and original. And I think, especially the past few years, there's been a lot of up and coming, um, just avenues to cover the sport and everybody's adapting and growing and, I don't know, I think any type of press, any type of media is good because it means that you're talking about it and just take it day by day one step at a time so but it's trending up it's trending in the right direction and at this point that's all you can really ask for you know
0: absolutely yeah um having said that we are about an hour and 20 minutes plus in here uh jack did we miss anything tonight
2: No, I mean, and the only other thing I can think of is no, we even gave our predictions what we pretty much thought they were going to do this week. Uh, they're going to keep it rolling, right?
0: Absolutely. Yes, undefeated sir. again. Winning streak continues.
2: We're looking <laughs> at uh, 56 wins on the season when we yeah. win out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember, think back like a couple weeks ago, even a couple months ago, when I used to BS about the undefeated and we were like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. And now we're looking at the schedule, like, they Jim, what's scary is it. not
2: so much the undefeated. It was you saying they were going to win the Metro. And now we're like, uh, speaking of, I think you and Brooke should get together and do some psychic shit because you, you got and, you, yes, right there, and yeah. you stayed firm and you were like, no, I can see it. I see the schedule. I got, this is good. And we're like, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's content. I get it. <laughs> and then sure. Now we're like, uh, we are tied for first. And let me just check the cap score real quick.
1: They tied it up. No! You couldn't really expect Buffalo to keep a 2 nothing <laughs> lead now, could you? Uh,
2: Buffalo's up 3-2 to two on my phone. Oh, Get out of here. They
0: scored.
1: Ooh!
2: Two minutes, 48 seconds left in the third. Get the hell out of here. Brandon Montour, unassisted, unless they update it later. Whoa. About that? That would make tomorrow's game huge.
0: First place Flyers after the night, baby. 91 points.
2: Wow. Hey, real quick.
0: Uh... I found a bet slip from August on DraftKings. I predicted the Flyers were going to win the Metro back in August. I didn't remember that until I saw somebody post something about betting last night.
2: Because I deleted the app off my phone. Oh, did they take the goal away? Must be under review. Something must be going on. No! It literally said Brandon Montour. I got to reload this sorry go ahead jimmy <laughs> sorry, yeah so long what story a short
1: time to pull up the my team's app <laughs> little plug for mbc to go. Yeah, pull up in. that game <laughs> to see what's going on yeah what's happening
2: i got 257 left like two, two, so jim did you actually put money on that
0: i did but uh i did a four team division win parlay and i picked the uh Leafs and the Predators to win their divisions, and they're just not going to do that. But still, (laughs) Flyers had 1100, uh, plus 1100 odds to win the division.
2: That makes sense. Shit. They were, again, maybe a little bit better. They thought it, but still, win division in this division? No way. Yeah.
0: Yep. I could keep going about this team, but, you know, I don't want to hold up Brooke any longer here. Brooke, Brooke, you have any, uh, any other plugs you want to get in before we log off?
1: Um, um I guess not. Just keep checking out uh, my work. I want to actually, you know, I'll plug a good friend of mine, Jordan Hall, who is an absolute robot when it comes to covering the flyers for NBC Sports. He's a complete workhorse and. I've never met anybody with the work ethic that he has, and he's been covering the Flyers for years, but has just been doing outstanding work this season. So I'm plugging Jordan Hall as my plug. You know, he's incredible. So follow his content because, I mean, you can follow mine as well. But (laughs) NBC Sports Philadelphia, you can't have a better – writer for the flyers he's been killing it
0: yeah you guys are a good team over there that's that's for sure um jack anything before we log off we have anything going on here i can't i just want to
2: say because we don't do it enough jim well first off jack underscore hw radio but mainly guys like favor and subscribe please leave a review that's how we're going to get the podcast out we don't say that enough we kind of just sign off and you know, either watching away game or you know I mean? <laughs> we got to get that out. Brooke, we've been trying to get you on for a while. We've had had your buddy on a few times. Pleasure talking to you this evening. Uh, very smooth conversation and an awesome article. And I agree with all your points and I'm more excited <laughs> after this conversation than I was before, if that's even possible. <laughs> well, that's thank awesome. thank you
1: guys so much for having me on. I know, like you had said, it's been a long time coming. I just... I don't know. Life happened. I graduated college. I started a full-time job. I don't sleep anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. Life comes at you fast, but I'm so happy that we finally had a night where we could do this and especially talk about such a fun team. It would have been pretty much a different story if it was on the back end of last season, but I'm happy with where we're at. I'm happy that we had a fun and fulfilling conversation about some Flyers hockey.
0: (laughs) For sure. And once again, thanks for coming on. Um, guys, if you haven't seen already, I started writing for fansided.com over at Puck Pros. Uh, my article came out last week on Chuck Fletcher. I got another one coming out this week. It should be pretty fun. We talked about some of the topics in it tonight. Um, next week on high and wide, we have Bill Matz of BSH, BSH radio coming on. So another fun episode coming up next week. And hopefully we're talking about, you know, the winning streak still. So Having said that, we're going to sign off and thanks for listening. We'll talk next week, guys. All right. I think I stopped recording before I log off here. Yeah.